Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast, where we hear stories of people who are making time in their lives to make a difference in this world. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. Let's take a walk. This week, we hear from comedian, speaker, and difference maker, Jarrell Roach. The greatest death that people are dying is that they're going to a grave without ever living their purpose. Before we jump into this week's podcast, I want to remind you that taking care of ourselves is key to taking care of this world. However, it is unbelievably difficult to find the time to get to a yoga studio or to a gym, and no one likes being surrounded by a bunch of strangers while working out. You could work out at home, but it's nearly impossible to stay motivated, and let's be honest, searching for good options on YouTube is enough to make you want to give up before you start. I've got good news. TDH Virtual Experience has got you covered. Experience a class setting virtually on your terms. Enjoy yoga, boogie fit, dance fitness, and even ballet and tap dance classes simply by logging into your account. You'll have the opportunity to ask questions and receive personal answers. You will be part of a fun and supportive community without leaving your home. This is the best of both worlds. And the best part, it's for everyone, anywhere, anytime and it starts at just $25 a month. Want to check it out? Go to thedancinghouse.com and start your two-week free trial today. No credit card is required and new classes are added every week. That's thedancinghouse.com. Proud supporters of Jesus Never Ran and of Dreamers Everywhere. I met Jarrell Roach in prison. Now, he wasn't in prison, I wasn't in prison. I, I mean, I guess we were both in prison, but neither of us had to stay there. Uh, we were doing an a, event. He was emceeing the event. I was speaking, doing some music in a prison uh, for youth, actually, and just so impressed by this man and knew I needed to be his friend. Now, his story starts out in comedy clubs, and I've got to admit that comedy clubs are just not my usual hangout place. And I have a perception of comedians and probably comedy clubs that's less than great, if I'm honest. And I, the last time I was in a comedy club, I actually walked out because I was so offended by the comedian. And I certainly didn't want to support somebody who is making money off of tearing people down. So I was anxious to hear how Jarrell got into this field and also how he manages to do comedy in a way that is encouraging and uplifting. Because, man, Jarrell is hilarious. This toilet seat better be down. Beep, 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 beep. You know, they go to sit down like, that's what I thought. And then like that little calibration, that shows miss, 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 miss. What the? Oh! What the? We're going to the zoo! I'm like, honey, you didn't listen to anything in marriage counseling. You cannot shoot guns in the house. I don't know about drinking toilet water, but you cannot shoot guns in the house. Who's going to pay for that? The thing that I'm most known for is being a speaker. Um, and that that started back in 2001 and 2002. Um, I had a, uh, a drunk roommate that would come over all the time, but he never paid rent. He was the guy that was just always over there. He is a very gifted, talented comedian. And he said, hey, man, you need to come down to the bar with us sometime and do comedy. And, uh, you know, I kind of shied away from it. I 
I had always been the class clown. You know, that's kind of one of our hashtags right now, still the class clown. But I ended up going down with him to Duffy's Workshop. And here in Lincoln, Nebraska, that's kind of an epic spot. And it, it literally won my heart. And it wasn't that I wanted the attention of the people. It was about what was happening in the room. So I kept going down and doing comedy. Uh, I was pretty belligerent and uh, very inappropriate, I would say. And I probably um, vocalized a lot of my insecurities and concerns um, on the stage and did it in the wrong way. And so at one point, I stepped down. And mainly because I had convictions in my heart. Uh, I was following God. You know, I was a child of God at that time, but I thought I should do comedy like the people, like the greats that I've seen, you know, your Eddie Murphy's and your Richard Pryor's and I thought, and, and your Red Foxes. And so that's exactly what I did. A lot of black, white comedy, a lot of black man, a lot of, a lot of deep voice, yo, because I'm black, you know, just stuff that you'd always seen in your past, you know, and uh, when you start, um, you, you sometimes don't lose those things. I'm still doing those things, but now we're doing it to bring up the elephants in the room and to create bonding and healing. I love that thought so much because a lot of times when faith becomes important to somebody, they automatically assume that everything from their past has to go and they have to completely recreate their lives. Sometimes that's not true. I would argue that there's times when that is true, but sometimes it's not true. And sometimes all we have to do is make some small adjustments to what we're already doing so it changes the impact of it and it changes the effect that it has on other people. So I'm a huge fan of people figuring out what they're gifted at and, and really honing in on it and using it for something great. And it's important to realize that sometimes our gift sets can be used in multiple ways. And Jarrell realized fairly early on that his voice could be used for things other than just comedy. I would just continually have these inclinations in my heart concerning preaching and reaching people and I would see masses of people. Um, sometimes I'd be in prayer or we'd be down at the altar or we'd be in a great time of worship. And I would see masses of people. I would see myself dressed up in certain ways um, with music and all sorts of things that I just couldn't put a finger on. So at this point, Jarrell is just kind of figuring out, hey, I've got this other thing as well. Yeah, I'm a great comedian, but I've got this ability to, to speak to people, to preach to people, as he would say. And anytime you're working on a craft, it's really important to have people around you to influence and encourage you to really bring out whatever that is on the inside of you. It very rarely, if ever, happens all by itself. So when I was growing up, man, music was my life. And I just studied music. I would practice, practice, practice. And when I got to college, my college jazz instructor, his name was Robert Baca, he used to say, Matt, what you need to do is listen to all the greats and figure out what you love about them. Then you take all of those things and you throw them into a mixing bowl, blend them all together to create your own unique style. So I was interested to hear who are the people that helped Jarrell get from where he was when he just realized, hey, I want to be the speaker as well. How did he get from there to where he is today? Came back home, planted in a small church, and it was just, uh, it, it was vibrant, it was expressive, and uh, people like, uh, John Goodwin, he was a minister there, and Sandra Gosh, she was an evangelist there. She was a former Marine drill sergeant. And uh, Kenji Madison, he was a former uh, Green Beret and uh, young minister. And Giovanni Jones, who was just like a former uh, former crazy woman. <laughs> and, uh, she still is. And, uh, you know, I had, had become an evangelist through that. And uh, these individuals were people I watched, and I watched really live life and try to do their best and try to live for God. And when they got up and preached, I hung on to everything that they said because I watched these people literally try to live 
what what they what they taught. And they would be the ones that were encouraging. You know, Jarrell, you're going to be speaking to thousands, man. You're going to you're going to lead movements. And I didn't know what that meant. But they would just continually say they'd be praying over me. And all of a sudden, it was just like God would remind them, oh, yeah, tell him this. Remind him of this. And I didn't quite get it, but I would write it down, you know. And then my pastor, uh, great guy, Pastor Miles Davis, that name rings a bell. <laughs> Not the musician, but very, very, very great man, um, would always encourage me. You know, with his raspy voice, son, you're going to do great things. We need more men like you in the kingdom, you know, working in God's church, just committed to the purpose, you know. And and that stuff, it fed me. It really fed me out of a pure heart. I have encouragement from great leaders. And uh, then, you know, Sandra Goss says, hey, man, we're going to have this evangelism night. Uh, we want to host a, a, a new speaker. Will you be our speaker for the night? She goes, I can't come, son. And you go get him, man. You just preach. You let God use you. And uh, just carry his anointing. And she would always suck her teeth. Mm, mm, mm. Just carry his anointing, son. You know? And so these were individuals that were really helping to catapult the idea. And then it wasn't until later I actually quit comedy. Um, I walked away from it because I was doing it wrong. And it was just a conviction in my heart. Um, while on my knees, I heard God say, literally, you're going to make people laugh again. And he gave me vision for that. Um, and just a couple of weeks later, this girl who now is my sister-in-law said, Hey, we know you're funny. Can you come make us laugh again? And that was the start of, you know, really the new comedy. And, uh, um, and then, um, it was in, uh, 2008, um, when all that was emerging again, I landed a job with the air national guard, the uh, Nebraska national guard working as a drug educator, uh, reduction educator. So we were promoting the right things, <laughs> reduction. And I literally traveled from class to class school-to-school, presentation-to-presentation, share with about 10,000 kids a year um, in conjunction to, like, comedy was happening and motivational speaking was happening on my own and preaching was happening. So 2008 to 2012, and we just had great people guarding around me saying, Jarrell, you, you are carrying the program, man. You are a great speaker. We need you here. We want we want to have you. Tell us all you want to about drugs, but tell us your story. When you're, when you're here, the kids, something turns on in these kids, you know, and, and then I, I realized that, it's works. Kids were coming out of the audience saying, would you be my AA counselor? You know, would you, would you work with me? I'm struggling over this. And I wasn't preaching, but I just kept saying, God, how can you use me in this message to keep kids drug free? And I was, uh, man, yet yeah, doing probably 300 presentations, 400 presentations. The year was crazy, just class to class to class to class. And I was affirmed by students and teachers. And so it was a long time coming. It really was a long time coming. Yeah, that's it. Encouragement along the way. Dozens and dozens of people that had to affirm it because I probably would have quit. Such an important point. Going after your dream, going after something that's great is difficult. And you are going to want to quit. And the only thing sometimes that's going to keep you from quitting is people being encouraging towards you. People that are continuing to push you forward. So the obvious question that I think we all have to ask ourselves in this moment is, who is around me? Who do I have surrounding me? What voices are speaking into my life? Are they voices that are encouraging me towards great things? Or are they voices that are discouraging me and are cutting me down? Now, I like to look back at people's lives and, and look, look at them and say, okay, 
things in your past often will foreshadow what's going to happen in your future. And a lot of times I think of my own life. I've always been a, a good public speaker. It's something that my teachers from early age always encouraged in me. I've always been a, a person where rhythm came naturally and music came naturally to me. And so I look at some of those things in my past and say, okay, that makes sense that God would use me to do what I'm doing today, this podcast, speaking, music, etc. Sometimes, though, there is exceptions to that rule. And Jarrell is a great example of a person that early on, boy, if you'd have met this guy earlier in his life, you'd have never in a million years thought he would have gotten to the place he is now. I actually failed public speaking twice. Uh, one time because I walked away and I was so nervous to take the class and share it in front of a t- class of 10. And then the other time, I just bombed. I, I was so nervous to get these things done. I just kept lagging and couldn't put together speeches. And I failed public speaking. I've done 3,600 speeches or presentations, and I failed <laughs> twice to start. So that's kind of the origin of encouragement uh, from God and people and uh, what I needed because I probably would have quit. A lot of times when people are really gifted at something, you find them having a hard time taking compliments. And I think there's something to be recognized. It's really important for us to realize, hey, this is something that's within me. This is something I'm good at. This is something that God has gifted in me. And Jarrell has a really fascinating thought process, really surrounding this idea of using your power that you have through your gift set. When you are a a population of one, for example, and you're sharing with a population of many, uh, the word you share, it begins to populate. And if people like it, you become popular. And out of popular, you gain more power. It's really the integrity that you carry with power. So the challenge then is when we become successful, when things start going well, there's going to be some interest in what we're doing, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a speaker like Jarrell, maybe a musician, uh, maybe just a phenomenal teacher, whatever it might be in your situation. When you start doing that and you start standing up into who God created you to be and you start doing that very well, there's power that comes along with that. And that's not a bad thing, but it can be a dangerous thing. And so as Drell was sharing, we have to carry along integrity when we have that power. And power minus integrity causes things to go downhill really fast. And if that's the way it's going to be, let's stay away from power. But power with integrity, that's the type of thing that we see in Jesus. Jesus is this man who has tons of power, but he uses it in a way that isn't going to affect people negatively. He uses it in a way that changes people, that heals people, that sets people free. Now, Jarrell is a busy man, and a question that I often like to ask people who have a pretty busy schedule, because again, don't forget, this whole podcast is about living out your dreams, but also doing it in a a way that's sustainable. So I needed to ask Jarrell, how are you doing everything that you're doing and continuing to have your priorities set a standard? Because Jarrell's a family man. He's married, has kids, the whole nine yards. So how do you move forward and how do you keep your priorities straight? You know, typically it seems like God, family, and work, you know, but it it really doesn't fall that way. What it is is God, and we do what God desires. We do His will out of everything. 
right? And so it really has been a matter of uh, we've had a lot of a lot of blood arguments. My wife and I love to share that. She would love to share that because what's come out of it is a, is a greater understanding and recognizing that one God has His own path, and we put nothing, nothing ahead of God. We put God first. He is our number one lover. And so if we can get a chance to share what he desires and, and implement what we call family time around the nation and around our state, even when it's crazy hours, we'll do that. You know, we'll go for it. And we have to learn how to identify what that means. So we've had to work and rework several things and identify what the priority is. And even when dad is not always there, his number one priority and thought process is the family. A couple of really key things that Jarrell said right there. Number one, he he looks at this priority thing a little different than often we hear it. We often hear this idea of, okay, God, family, career. And what I gained from what Jarrell shared is that he views it as all. So God, family, and career, they're all the same, right? Because God is in our family. God is in our career. God is in every part of our life. So I love that he just takes this all-encompassing approach to his priorities. And then he just fights to make sure that his family stays a priority over his career. And, and the fact that he has it on the forefront of his mind will assure that it's going to happen. Now, if all we think about is our career or all we think about is ourselves, well, that's what we'll focus on. But if we put God and we put family right at the forefront of our minds, well, then that's going to become a focus. So we might be busy. We might be doing things towards our dreams. We might be doing things towards our career. But a family is on our mind that will change the way that we do that. And in his situation, man, he'll be on the road and family's got to be right there. Or he'll be on the road and he's doing different things to make sure that they're a part of that. I've seen far too many people that have gone towards their goals and dreams in life at the expense of their family. And I don't believe that is even remotely godly. I think that is just the absolute wrong way to go about things. Because do we really want to accomplish our dreams and lose our family? Does that even make sense when I say it out loud? Yet so many people get so focused on their careers or their passions that they lose the fact that God has blessed them with what should be their number one focus, their number one purpose, and their number one passion, which is ultimately family. Walking with purpose and passion rarely comes without some bumps in the road, and Jarrell is not an exception to that, and he had quite a situation that could have derailed the whole thing. But as always is the case, it's not whether you're going to run into difficulties, it's how you respond to them that truly matters. And if we allow God to work through them, he will every single time. You know, in 2012, we knew that there was going to be some budget cuts. You know, in 2011, with the uh, Nebraska National Guard, with their uh, drug reduction program, we thought there were going to be budget cuts. But they sure enough came in 2012, and they said, hey, we're only going to be able to keep really the senior leadership in each position because you know, they're going to be the ones we start off with. And so there I was off looking for a job. And I sent out an email to every single one of those teachers and locations that I spoke at, um, which was several dozen. And out of that, um, I don't know if it's because I was horrible or because teachers just didn't respond to it. I got two callbacks. That's it. Two. You know, and, uh, and you know, one of the callbacks I work for is the guy now with Youth for Christ. He's my mentor and my ministry director. And the other lady, uh, we are literally blazing path with 
she works in an alternative school and she gives me a lot of free reign and flexibility to share and encourage our kids because she just says you do it like none other. But because of her, because of that work, we get the chance to pilot and try things that are unique and unusual and they just win the hearts of kids. Wow. So many opportunities in that story alone that Jarrell could have just put up his hands and quit. You know, having budget cuts happen to where his position's basically cut. And so he doesn't have that thing he was so passionate about before. And so he could have quit there, but no, he just reached out. He knew that this was something God wanted him to do, so he reached out to those teachers. And only two of them, two of them responded to him. So that would have been another moment where he could have just thrown up his hands and said, obviously I'm not supposed to do that. But then something phenomenal happens. Like these two people are the people that catapult him. These two people end up being people that if he had never had those budget cuts happen to him, he would have never created the relationship that he did with these two people. So I don't always know how to think about this. I don't know how to think about life when things go wrong. But what I do know is that God can use it and God will use it. I can look at Jarrell's situation and say, boy, it almost seems like God orchestrated it. It almost seems like that was a huge benefit that the budget cuts happened because it ended up altering his future and and honing in truly on what it was that God had in store for him. Man, Jarrell is just such a great story of somebody who maybe didn't have everything that he thought he needed when he got started and and he started things in a way that maybe he's not even proud of but he worked through all of that he worked through failure he worked through probably a bit of guilt for his early comedy career and then he started doing great things and then he hit some setbacks again and then he just kept going and he kept going there is something to be said about persistence and perseverance and Jarrell should be the poster boy for it this guy is doing such great things he is affecting lives of just tons and tons of people kids and adults alike so I needed to ask him the same question I ask everybody for that person who's listening to this podcast and has this thing deep inside of them, but they just don't know how to step off in faith and do whatever that first thing is. What advice does Jarrell have for that person? Yeah, person right on the edge. Go, 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 go. You never know till you go. God has a way of speaking to us and there's times when he does not. There's times when he does not and it's not because he's disappointed. There's times when he literally is asking us to trust him and he wants to see if he can entrust you. So you have to go and he gets pleasure at watching you try and he gives you an A plus effort, even if it seems like you fail. When I was trying all that stuff, God wasn't shaming me. He wasn't he wasn't shaming me. He was championing me and saying, Go son, come on, go son. So you have to do it. I say, you know, good advice is that you don't always go drop the thing you're doing now to go do the thing that you forced. Sometimes it means you have to do multiple things. You know, sometimes it means you have to do two jobs at once, you know, but be willing to describe that vision and that plan to your spouse over and over again. Be willing to live out of the convictions of your heart that God calls you to because no one else calls you and dream big. There are organizations that are dreaming big that are, are destructive, but they're dreaming big. They're thinking about reaching the next people with their products that kill or their products that destroy families. Right. And they are they are tearing it up in the market. Well, God gives us that same factor, and he says, actually, the more that we grow in our knowledge of him and Jesus, he actually multiplies grace and peace to us. 
not just added, he multiplies. So exponential, he gives you exponential grace, which means empowerment. He gives you supernatural empowerment to live the way you are designed to. Wow, 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 wow. That's it, man. That's it, bro. For Jarrell Roach, walking like Jesus means turning failure into a future and turning setbacks into success. For Jarrell, step one is to make people laugh, and step two is to make people think. You know, I always say football coaches have a way to look at the field and be like, you need to run this play, run this flank, you know. Uh, financial analysts have a way to look at the market and be like, hmm, Dow Jones. And comedians look at life and be like, now you know that's a trip. Keep track of Jarrell Roach at jroachpresentations.com and of course on Facebook and social media as he continues to do great things to make a huge impact in this world. As always, if you need some help getting from where you are at to where you want to be, check out The Walking Club at www.jesusneverran.org. Sign up today so we can go after our dreams together. Join us next time as we shake it up with a woman who quit everything to help others get healthy. Tune in next week.